Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm joined by InsideTexas.com uh, recruiting expert and On3 analyst, uh, Jerry Hamilton. Uh, Jerry down in Florida uh, today and this week and next, uh, watching some uh, prospects down there uh, that the Longhorns have their eyes on, including uh, Cedric Baxter, the nation's number one running back. Uh, I think you're going to pay Peyton Kirkland's school tomorrow, the big offensive lineman. Uh, Jerry, I, you and I wanted to check in. We talked about it today, and we thought it would be a good time to check in on exactly how the freshmen were doing at Texas and talk about the ones that have played and then also the ones we think might be getting ready to see a little bit more share of time as the season wears on. Uh, so, Jerry, uh, let's let's start with the, the guys that have played in every game, so are in both games so far. Kelvin Banks, obviously. Cole Hudson, two starters on the offense line of the seven. Uh, then you also have Will Stone's been the kicker, mm -hmm. uh, the, the handled kickoffs. Jalen Gilbo uh, has played in both games, started at star in both games. Uh, Austin Jordan, another defensive back, uh, played in both games. Cam Williams, even though he didn't see time in line against Alabama, he did. He was on the field goal unit uh, and played in both games uh, as well. Uh, those are the ones that have played in both. Obviously, a host of them have played all together. Uh, what do you make of the six uh, that uh, have played in all of them? Are, are there any surprises or any that stand out to you? No, I think I think Cole Hudson, how well he's been played since he's arrived at Texas, really is probably the surprise of the class to me. Um, when you think about the seven offensive linemen that were signed, he may have, him and Malik Ogbo were, if you follow the ratings, were probably the two lowest rated guys, right? The two guys that maybe didn't have as much fanfare. It's hard to have fanfare when there's multiple five stars and four national hundred guys, right? So there's going to be some guys overlooked in a class that talented. But I think there's two things with Cole Hudson to me, Bobby, is one, when I saw him in the spring, how his body had changed. He said he went from 325 pounds to 305 pounds. He looked totally different. And he didn't have bad weight on him. It was just redistributed weight, and he had a stronger look to him. Uh, but I know, you know, from our reportings at Inside Texas, when I went to Frisco High as senior here, the one thing that impressed me about him, and I, and I probably underestimated or undervalued or underranked, whatever you want to say it about Cole, is he openly said, I'll play center. I have an interest in playing center. I'll play guard. I don't really care as long as it helps me to be the best player I can be. And him coming in the spring obviously was huge to hold off Devon Campbell, DJ Campbell, Neto, some of those guys that have competed at the same spot. I do think coming in the spring was big. But I think he's – you have to say he's exceeded expectations. I mean, I, I don't see how you don't. I mean, he's a guy that if he stays injury-free, he's going to start all year as a true freshman. Um, Kelvin Banks, safe to say, the star of that the freshman class at this point? Yeah, no question. I mean, he looks like a first-round pick. I mean, look, that's not like saying anything people aren't thinking on inside Texas, too. But the guy looks like a future first-round pick. I think the thing that you take from both of them is they approach every day like professionals. And that's the key, right, Bobby? We As long as we've done this, the guys that produce uh, that get into college as freshmen and every day they treat it like they're professional – tend to really ascend and tend to hit the field early and tend to earn the trust of a coaching staff, which is the most important thing. And Kelvin Banks has done that. And when you put that with the talent level, the skill set, the frame, how prepared he was by Kenny Harrison uh, at Summer Creek, former Texas Longhorn football player there, it, it, it's all adding up to a freshman All-American. 
Well, I, I tell you what, it's the second consecutive year Steve Sarkeesian has recruited a five-star and started him in game one. Yeah. Xavier Worthy last year at wide receiver, Kelvin Banks this year at offensive tackle. Who's it going to be next year, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's one of the things that you have to look at from a macro perspective, I think, is what does this do and what does this say about what Sark's willing to do at key positions um, with, with star talent? Uh, at the same time, uh, you know, you've got other guys like uh, like uh, Cole Hudson and like Jalen Gilbo, who weren't necessarily the stars of this class that are coming in and playing immediately. Gilbo even uh, lost some time in the spring uh, because of an off the field incident. Uh, yet he's clearly one of the, the surprises of this class, too. Yeah, no question. And that to me is where a top five ranked class gets really good when you look back at on uh, back at it in three or four years is guys who exceeded those, those rankings. They outplayed a ranking. They're better than maybe they were expected to be. Um, and I think that's certainly the case for Gilbo. See, Gilbo's an interesting one because he played he played a boundary corner his senior year. Right. So he was he didn't get a lot of action his way. So. And then the track times didn't necessarily support the playing speed. And I think we all probably had him ranked a little low because of that, honestly. But that guy plays faster than he'll ever test, than he'll ever run in a 200-meter. He plays off of instincts, and he plays with that triangle, uh, that golden triangle toughness. And when you combine those two things, you're going to see the field very early. And let's say this about Gilbo. One of the most impressive things about him to me, Bobby, is he did he was had a great start to the spring had the off-the-field issue, but he's bounced back from adversity. And maybe, whether Jade Barron was injured or not, Gilbo will be playing his 15, 20 snaps a game. He's responded to adversity. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Really well. And, and that's got to impress the coaching staff because not all those guys have responded to adversity. But he's responded to adversity, so they trust him in game situations. I tell you the one that, that surprises me a bit, too, is, is Austin Jordan. Yes. Um, you know, this freshman classic cornerback, the talk was Terrence Brooks. Uh, now, Brooks uh, did some did play in the first game, but they obviously went to Austin Jordan off the bench last week uh, over Brooks. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out long term, because they do. I think one's field and one's boundary. So it's a little bit different uh, at the same time. Uh, that definitely is a, a good sign for Austin Jordan and his his future in in Austin. And you go to the Denton Ryan program, how well prepared he was uh, by Coach De La Torre, obviously whose son played at Texas, Alex played at Texas, the defensive coordinator at Denton Ryan. He's been the def- longtime defensive line coach. But that goes to that preparedness and that program he, pl- he came from. I tr- totally believe this. You're talking about a state championship level program a program that at day every day, day in, day out, has championship expectations. They play with championship physicality, and they prepare like they're going to win a state championship every day in the practice field. And, look, the one thing about Austin Jordan, too, which is what I think makes our business and our jobs really fun, Bobby, 
junior to senior year, there was a definite difference on the field in Austin Jordan. It, he showed it at wide receiver. He showed it at corner. He was more of a playmaker as a senior. Uh, maybe that's because he played some wide receiver. But look, he stepped up, and that and that this these guys don't mature physically or mentally at the same age, and that's why recruiting rankings, NFL draft, none of this stuff's ever going to be an exact science. But Austin Jordan comes from a championship program, and he was a much improved player junior, and he was already really good as a junior, by the way. But he went to another level as a senior, and we ranked him accordingly. Uh, we, we had him higher than anybody else in the on three uh, industry comparison rankings. And that's not the two to our own horn, but we evaluate these kids as seniors. And he made a big jump. The question for me with him and Brooks, where are they going to play? Are they going to stay at corner? Are they going to play some safety? Where does Terry Joseph Blake get in defensive staff? Where are they going to move all these pieces in the spring? I think that's going to be one of the fascinating things to watch with this freshman class, because I don't think all these guys are locked into the positions they're playing right now. No, no, they're not. And, you know, I, I'm looking at it. And let me ask you this. Um, another question here is really about we know the other guys. So of the 27 uh, true freshmen that Texas brought in, 21 have already seen act, game action. That's that's a significant no, no matter how you want to slice it, whether it was against ULM or Little Sisters of the Poor. That's right. that's a big, big number. 21 of 27. Um of those guys that we didn't already talk about, who are the ones that you think kind of you you would see as seeing more playing time going forward? And let, let's start on offense and talk about the offensive line. I think the two that are most poised to see time are probably DJ Campbell, if mm-hmm. one of the interior guys gets injured, and Cam Williams, if one of the tackles gets injured. You You agree with that? Yeah, you know, and I'm going to give credit here to Christian Jones. I made a statement on Inside Texas. I thought Cam Williams would beat Christian Jones out at some point this year. I think Cam Williams' upside's that much. I think he's that good in the run game. But Christian Jones has improved as a player, moving back to right tackle. So he may hold Cam Williams off this season. We'll see how that plays out. But I could see Cam Williams getting in a little more game action. Sure. I'll throw another one out. Look, Texas is very high on Connor Robertson. If there was an injury at the center position, which you hope there's not, what would that be? Would you move Cole Hudson to center and DJ Campbell takes over at right guard? Or or, or is Connor Robertson come along enough to where they play him at center some, competing with Logan Parr maybe for that job with Angelou out? So that will be fascinating to watch. I think Connor Robertson's the sleeper there on offense. I'll tell you another one. They have to get Brennan Thompson speed on the field. As the season moves along, as he gets more accustomed to actually catching a football from power five quarterbacks, which I think was the biggest adjustment he's had to make. Yeah, he's got to get stronger. He's slide-a-build. There's a lot of slide-a-build guys playing college football and excelling. Uh, but I think as he gets more comfortable catching balls in traffic with somebody against contested coverage, I think you you have to get his speed on the field more this year. I, I don't think there's any way you don't. Yeah, and I, I'm thinking about it. I'm just looking through it. Some other guys that, on offense that I think uh, – or another guy at least that I think is going to see a little bit more time – is Savion Red. Yeah. Um, Tariq Milton has not done much to this point, even though he's had he had a good fall camp. That's the senior transfer or the grad transfer, excuse me, from Iowa State. Uh, Red, a uh, freshman from Grand Prairie. Uh, Red may have more upside, period, um, in, in that category. And, and he looked in his game against ULM, not only like he might be able to do some stuff in open space, but he looked like a good enough blocker as well and a physical one. So uh, don't be surprised if you don't see not only Thompson trying to stretch the field, 
uh, but Savion Red on some underneath stuff and, and bubble screens and, and things like that. And isn't in game three about when we'll see some of these guys maybe hit the field a little more? Not that it's, we're saying proclaiming a blowout. Uh, UTSA's Jeff's going to have his guys ready to roll, right? They're going to play hard, their experienced team. But this is, even if it's five snaps, I think this is where you start to see some guys worked in a little bit more in the rotation, like a Savion Red, like you're talking about. Uh, because the reality is, without Quinn. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Texas has to get the ball to guys, they gotta they gotta maximize every ounce of what they can do offensively. And that might be saving on red. Uh, you know, line up in a wildcat or, or, or with a, with a Roshan Johnson, you know, his blocking ability, like you said, but something's gonna get him on the field. And I think this game three is where you're gonna start to see some of those. And I know we're gonna talk about defense next because I think that's where the majority of these guys that are about to start playing more are gonna come from. Well, well, there's no doubt. Um, here's the reality of it. They Texas stuck with a very short rotation against uh, Alabama. They, they were forced to uh, because some of these guys just weren't ready for that physicality. Um, I was surprised that Justice Finkley didn't get more time. At the same time, Baron Sorrell did not play a ton against Alabama either. Um, and so uh, not that they play the same position. It's just that they were trying to go with those three big tackle looks almost across right. the board uh, on each and every possession to match Alabama's size on the offensive line. And they did it well. So no, nobody's taking it away from him. Uh, but Justice Finkley, I think we'll see more of. Uh, he definitely played a lot against uh, Louisiana Monroe. But after that, I wanted to ask you, um, this is where it gets interesting because you have a group of guys, Jeray Bledsoe, Chris Ross, uh, Zach Swanson, Aaron Bryant. Did those any of those guys get much or is, are they still a year away in your opinion? I think those guys are real. You're going to start to see more of them next year. Um, I, I really think the defensive line, the the returning guys are playing at such a high level right now. It's going to be tough. The the Chris Rosses, Aaron Bryant's, they're going to have to exercise some patience. I mean, Chris Ross has a huge upside as a pass rusher, and Texas really likes him. He's got to get stronger. He's got those long arms. He's got to get stronger. He's got to add weight. Uh, to that frame. So, yeah, I think those guys are going to have to exercise uh, some patience this year, get some spot time, probably play four games and still hold their red shirts. I, I would think that's exactly what's going to happen. Bobby, I look at the edge guys. I mean, look, you're playing Ethan Burke, Finkley, Tap. I think those guys are going to play more as the season moves along for the reason you stated when you stated the question – you had to play Alabama with bigger human beings on the defensive line. In the Big 12, you don't have to do that. There's going to be times where you can't do that, obviously. So I think you're going to see an Ethan Burke. I think Saturday is going to be a great opportunity for Ethan Burke playing behind a Baron Sorrell to come in and maybe get his first sack as a college football player. I, I think that's a game. UTSA's tackles, left tackles out for another couple of games. The right tackle got hurt the sixth play against U of H. He's, he may try to go. They started walk-on at right tackle, and a guard moved to left tackle against Army last week. That works against Army, but that's going to give Finkley, Burke, some real opportunities Saturday 
to make plays as second-team defensive linemen because those UTSA tackles are going to be tired. Um, yeah, I was going to say, especially if, if, as we suspect, UTSA is going to start being throat pass-heavy right. and get the ball out quick, that's going to slow down the pass rush. Yep. That means Texas is likely to come with more of those guys uh, no earlier question. in the game. No question. And I think that fits the mold against the TCU, right, in the Big 12, against the Texas Tech. Some other teams that are maybe even West Virginia, teams that are about to hit on in the conference schedule, I think this is going to be a great warm-up game for the Ethan Burke, uh, for Justice Finkley, uh, to get their feet wet a little bit more and then as they start to see more time. Uh, because the one thing about the Big 12, there's going to be a lot of snaps every Saturday. We and have the not. Te- I- the Texas-Bama game did not have as many snaps as a Big 12 game is going to have. No, it didn't. those guys are going to have to play more. Yep. I will say this. Um, Big 12 teams will be quicker to go to five wides. Yes. Uh, against Texas if it's not working early. Uh, like Alabama was reluctant to um, and tried not to and then decided, okay, uh, you know, they were probably trying to preserve their quarterback a little bit because, you know, if Texas gets after him, all of a sudden Bryce Young's goes out, what's going to happen to Alabama's season, right? So, exactly. Uh, Yeah, you know, and they have national championship aspirations. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, in the secondary, I don't really see anybody breaking through, even though Austin Jordan's getting some time. Maybe Terrence Brooks, uh, but Jameer Johnson, the sophomore or redshirt freshman, uh, has kind of owned that spot, that third spot, uh, in a pretty impressive fashion. So it's going to be hard for one of those guys to break through. And then B.J. Allen at safety, well, Jaron Thompson and Anthony Cook are both playing well, and you have Keaton Crawford and J.D. Coffey ahead of them. Yeah. Um, and so I, I feel like you're it's it's a it's a maybe situation there for Texas right now. Uh, even though uh, they definitely need more guys in the secondary, uh, you don't necessarily know that they're gonna they're gonna go that direction until we see. Uh, and we, we're likely to see an injury. We don't want to talk about them, but right. it's the way of, that it's yeah. what football is. I mean, well, you're, you're and to your it. point. Jameer Johnson, obviously at field, but then Ryan Watts come, has come in as a portal player and been strong at boundary corner. So that that's, that keeps a guy like Terrence Brooks from having, probably having a chance to break through, uh, assuming he's he sticks at a boundary corner. So I totally agree with you. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be your edge guys is who's really going to make an impact on defense as the season goes on among the freshman class. And I know we'll get to the early enrollees. I think we're going to hit on that, but that's where it's going to get interesting for me in the spring. Well, I actually want to touch on the early enrollees, but I also want to go down and do this. Okay. So that that's the freshman class and where we think they're sitting. I want to talk to you about this now, and that's the the running total of guys, right? So Sark's first class was a half, kind of a half class, right? Mm-hmm. Because he came in late uh, after the national championship at Alabama. So let's look at the 2021 class and the guys that are definitely guys in that. Jatavian Sanders. Yes. No doubt, right? Uh, Xavier Worthy. No no doubt. Uh, J.D. Coffey is, is, looks like he's on the right track. Jameer Johnson, 
absolutely on the right track, yep. right? Um, Jonathan Brooks on the right track. I mean, that's that's a keeper. Uh, you don't know yet about Maurice Blackwell, Derek Harris, um, Byron Murphy, absolute keeper. So that's yes. five absolute keepers. Hayden Connor, absolute keeper. That's six. Uh, come down. They like where they're at with Juan Davis, although he's not necessarily to that level yet. Baron Sorrell, absolute keeper. That puts you at seven. Gunnar Helm is already playing. Casey Kane is already playing. You don't know where they're actually going to end up, but you know they they could be considered in that category too. And so you're looking already at nine to ten guys in the 2021 class, plus these five or six that are already playing and making a wave as a freshman. That puts you at 15 in the lower the sophomore and freshman or redshirt freshman and true freshman category. And then you start talking about what they're bringing in from a uh, next January perspective, where you talk about an Arch Manning, a Cedric Baxter, Jonte Cook, I believe, um, a number of guys. Who, who are some of the other uh, guys that we're talking about? And then you're, what, I'm, what I'm trying to get out here and what, what I think you and I wanted to talk about today, Jerry, is really the creation of a nucleus. Yes. Right. Uh, these are the guys, this is the nucleus that they're building a program around. So we've already mentioned those guys that are freshmen, redshirt freshmen, or even true sophomores. Now you add in this next group, and you're talking about an 18-month nucleus, really, of highly talented, really good players. Who are some of those true freshmen you expect, or, or excuse me, high school seniors that are coming in in January that you expect to kind of join that nucleus? Uh, Samaje Burrell, for sure, at linebacker. You know, Tucker Dorsey moving on, graduating, overshone, even though they play a different position, but uh, still moving on. I think Burrell has such great program fit and such good linebacker DNA. Um, I think he's going to attack every day like a professional, like we talked about with like Kelvin Banks has done, like Cole Hudson's done. Um, and that gives him a chance to break in quickly and be in that too deep in spring ball. I don't think there's any doubt he does. I, I mean, I, I'm very high on him. Uh, I think he's going to pick up a system. I think he's a guy who can make all your calls. It wouldn't shock me if he's not a starter at some point his freshman year. I don't know if that's exactly ideal, uh, but it wouldn't shock me. Um, and then Cedric Baxter is the other one for me. Look, I mean, Bijan Robinson off to the NFL. And if anybody was questioning, well, maybe Bijan sticks around, that MRI after the Alabama games, why he gets out after this year. You know, look, he, if you have a chance to go and be a first or second round pick as a running back and you've played three years of college football, you need to go. Bottom line, you need to go. And so Baxter, I mean, Baxter comes in after Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson depart. So there's Jonathan Brooks as a true running back. Then there's Jaden Blue, who's pro of a hybrid. Keelan Robinson's more of a hybrid. Um, so Cedric Baxter's going to come in and compete with Jonathan Brooks for the starting running back job, essentially, is what's going to happen. And for the people who haven't seen Baxter, he is a South Florida guy. And what I mean by that is the setup's to totally different than Texas. There's no athletic period every day. There's not 10 full-time paid coaches. There's not these unbelievable weight room facilities. He's coming in like one of these Florida kids that absolutely blows up physically. So you can say, well, he's 6'1 and a half, 213. How big is he going to get? He's going to be 6'1 and a half, 225, 230, and look a hell of a lot different than he does now in a good way. He's going to be in. And again, another guy, Bobby, I was just at the school Monday. It's one thing to be as talented as he is. It's a total different thing when the head coach says he's the best leader I've ever had in my program. That says a lot. 
that says a lot. This the head coach Cameron Duke was a college football player. He played minor league football, right? He's one of those guys. He's been around leaders. He's been in locker rooms his whole life. He said, this kid's a special leader. He said he reads the room well. He reads uh, his teammates well. Well, those guys come in as early enrollees, and they hit the ground running in college football. So those are the two guys I really look at. I mean, there's going to be a couple offensive linemen come in early, which will be good for depth in the spring, but they're both guys that need time. And Andre Kojo, Cole, I mean, uh, uh, Connor Stroh, those guys need a little time, and they're also coming in at a position that's going to be tougher to break through. Um, so I, I really look at Burrell. And I look at said Baxter and John Tay Cook, assuming he's a midterm guy. He's such a great route runner work, working with margin hooks. He's going to come in ready to compete. And then you got, I, I mean, Sadir Mitchell, obviously. Uh, I forgot um, about Sadir. Sadir's going to play a lot. That's a yeah. great call, Bobby. Yeah, because, I mean, I mean you're looking at a guy. He, 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 it's almost like he has to because, um, frankly, they're going to lose three guys at least at yeah. defensive tackle. Well, no, that's a great call. And here's the other thing is he's going to be ready. I mean, he again, this is a guy who's gone from, what, 350 pounds to 330. He's on the right track. He's doing the right things as a senior, junior to senior year in high school to make himself a better player and better prospect. So he's he's doing all those things. He's going to come in. And if you look, just look at the game last week. Texas has to recruit bigger bodies on the defensive front moving to the SEC. That's just the reality of that league. And he is one of those bigger bodies, and he's got a real quickness about him at 6'6", 330 that most kids don't. He's going to play a lot. And, like, we can't, we got to say this. I mean, while Quinn Ewers will be the starting quarterback, man, Arch Manning's going to be there in the spring. Just the quarterbacks in practice, it's going to be a level of passer that Texas hasn't had multiple guys at in a program, in the oh. program. I don't know if ever. <laughs> I, I think it's going to test him, right? You know that that's the that's the reality. Uh, what about Derek Williams? Is he a midtermer or is he? I, I think he's a maybe. I don't. I don't think he is though. Okay, gotcha. So that would be another one that that yes. I think from a puzzle piece perspective. Same with Malik Muhammad, where right. you're talking about l losing a guy like Deshaun Jameson at corner, or or a guy like uh, Anthony Cook uh, at. Safety. And by the way. If Texas wins out for Jalen Hell, he's an early enrollee. We'll see what happens in that recruitment, right? But that's they're recruiting a couple of guys that are early enrollees. We'll see where those go. Well, it's interesting to think about because you and I, you know, we're not just one-year Texas fans. We don't follow it for just you, – you know what I mean? We don't just follow it for that season. We're trying to look ahead. And, and I do think that in recruiting, you're really looking at trying to build a nucleus of players over time that kind of grow up together. And they had a, a decent first class with Sark when it was kind of that transition class. Uh, adding Xavier Worthy late was a coup without, you know, without questions, you know, the best deep threat Texas has had in a long time. Right. Um, and so that was a coup. And then you add on top of that the class they had last year that's already kind of showing out a little bit, especially on the offensive line. And it starts looking more and more like, hey, they may – they, they're, they're building the nucleus so that they can compete at a high, high level. And uh, I just I like what I'm seeing, and that's why I wanted to talk to you about it. Yeah, Bobby, I have two main takeaways for all the Texas fans that are watching this. Um, and if you're not on Inside Texas, we discuss it all the time. There's two things that stand out to me about the staff right now. One, I think they're really good evaluation staff. I, I think you've seen, like you said, all the guys who are keepers, in that first class, which is the partial class, some were committed, but they evaluated those kids and decided, yes, those guys fit us, and they have. And then you look at the 2022 class. 
There's some really good early evaluations in this class now. And I think that offensive line class, I think they're all they're all players. I don't think there's a miss in the group. Now, that doesn't mean all seven stay all the way through four years because there's playing time and people want to play. But I, I think the evaluation process is really good. And two, more importantly, and maybe this ties in with the evaluation process, and you're going to see it again in the 23 class, Texas is moving on to player B very easily or very often. They're sticking with their top targets. And I know it's easier because of the portal if you're a blue blood program. So I'm not I'm not saying it's not. It is easier. There's no doubt. But you still have to go do the job. You still have to be willing to sit in on Neto, Kelvin Banks, Cam Williams when it's looking really bleak in offensive line recruiting. And then Mario Cristobal, the coaching carousel, gets going and he takes the Miami job. And suddenly Kelvin Banks and Cam Williams are signing with Texas. If you aren't patient, and didn't say we're absolutely going after the best players. Those guys aren't at Texas right now. They already took somebody else. So the strategy is sound, and the evaluations thus far seem to be sound. And for Texas fans, that's the two best things you can hear. I think the other piece to add to that, um, given on what we've seen thus far this point in the year, we're starting to see on top of that some development. And so that's when you say, okay, let's get them in the system and develop them. And the development actually works, right? Yeah. Um, and so, so you add that on top of it, and that's when you start creating a program uh, that other people want to want to. Perfect example of this. Just think about the Nick Saban's on the other sideline Saturday. Do you think if Bo Davis, Jeff Banks, Steve Sarkeesian, and Kyle Flood weren't developers of football players, they would have ever coached under Nick Saban? They wouldn't have. So Texas has some guys that the best coach in college football has ever seen knew would develop their positions, not only coach, but develop their positions. And I think that's a really nice thing for Texas fans to take with them. All right. Uh, Jerry Hamilton, InsideTexas.com. Uh, also uh, national analyst with On3. Uh, guys, join us on Inside Texas if you would. Uh, right now we have a special $1 for one month uh, at InsideTexas.com. Uh, we've got the articles each and every day. We do these videos as well for on Texas football in conjunction with Inside Texas. Uh, please join us. Uh, we're, we're there and uh, we enjoy uh, Longhorn football kind of like you did if you made it all the way through this video. Uh, so thank you very much for watching as well. For Jerry Hamilton, I'm Bobby Burton. And that's been this episode of On Texas Football.